0: And here's the commissioner, David Stern. The first pick in the 2010 NBA draft, the Washington Wizards select John Wall from the University of Kentucky.
1: Because John Wall doesn't even have a 169.3 million dollar contract extension that has kicked in yet. It kicks in next year, so he's getting 38, 41, 43, 44 million over the next four years, starting next year. With the third kick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Washington Wizards select Otto Porter Jr. of Georgetown University. Otto Porter to the Bulls for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker. The Wizards have agreed to trade Austin
0: Rivers and Kelly Oubre to the Suns directly for Trevor Reza, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, and he is here. The Wizards, let's talk about their front office, reportedly still in the process of interviewing candidates for their GM opening. Jackie, do they need to kind of hurry up and make this higher? Because everyone keeps talking about it. The Washington
1: Wizards look like straight garbage. Straight garbage. Bradley Beal has tremendous
0: value. Reset it. You do need to sell He's- Bradley Beal. Yeah, and if I'm Bradley Beal, I want to be traded. Right. No, I, I can understand that. Uh-
1: Euro Step 1-2. Euro Step 1-2. Euro
0: Step 1-2. Euro Step 1-2. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Eurostep NBA podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brendan Nunes, and the other host of this podcast is going to be a close friend of mine. That is Adam Taylor. How are you doing, Adam?
1: I'm good, man. What's up, guys? So, Coming at you all the way from over the pond.
0: Yeah, there we go. We got both sides of it covered. Euro-stepping, baby.
1: Eurostepping.
0: <laughs> so the idea for this podcast is that throughout the offseason, it's a general NBA podcast, and throughout the offseason, we're going to spend two weeks on each NBA team. We're going to go in reverse alphabetical order, meaning we are starting with the Washington Wizards today, but we'll spend two weeks of probably a podcast each week, so about two episodes on each team, but then also throughout the week, of course, myself and Adam will be doing a lot of research, watching game film and different things like this. And first half will be recapping last year. And then we'll also look ahead to the next season and just the general future of the franchise. What are your first kind of impressions of Washington from last year, Adam? Dude, they were trash. They were fucking Let's terrible. Let's not
1: sugarcoat this shit. They were trash, man. I mean, when you when we we were breaking down some film for them, what was it last week? Yeah, their defense is is ridiculously bad. Their reboundings appalling. Their transition play on both ends of the court was just a joke. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on that team. Did.
0: Yeah, they finished 32-50. and 50. I mean, they had high hopes of being a playoff team this year, at least, with Brooklyn, Orlando, and Detroit all making it above them. Charlotte Miami had better records. I mean, the only bright spot, I guess, was the really nice, stellar play of Bradley Beal. I mean, he debatably got snubbed from that third-team All-NBA, but this team just has nothing going on for him. I feel like Bradley Beals
1: played himself to a position where he's either going to be the big fish in that small pond and see through with them, or he's got that power now to be like, look, guys, I want you to trade me.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where... I mean, it's all about is Washington going to offer him this, this max contract, and part of him not making all NBA is he lost out on nearly $32 million, which obviously is huge and terrible for brad's part but i think that could make washington more likely to keep him and the other thing that starting for next season john wall's contract is just gonna just gonna kick in the super max extension they gave him he only he sat out most of last year with an achilles injury not last year the year before with an achilles injury came back this year actually played 32 games which is a lot more than i had expected but then it was just, and then he went down again this season. The team just already had offered him this supermass extension and accepted. And they're going to be locked into five years of upward of 180 million of John Wall, who likely isn't going to be available for all of next season. They traded away Kelly Oubre, got back Trevor Ariza, who's a win nail piece. He's going to be gone. They traded away... Otto Porter Jr., who they had given a max contract also, for Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker, both of those guys restricted, who it's looking like they might not even keep Portis. They fired their GM a week before the season ended, and then we're going after Tom Connolly, the Nuggets, president of basketball operations, didn't land him. Doesn't seem like they have a plan B because it's been eight weeks and they still haven't gotten anybody. There's just, there's nothing good about this team. I mean, don't forget
1: as well, Dwight Howard. I know a lot of things, Dwight, we're not here to slander anybody, but he missed the majority of the year. He's contracted him for next year too.
0: Yeah, and he could be a nice piece, but it's another question mark. I mean, he was injured all of this season.
1: Yeah. And then you've got everything that's going on in his personal life that's been brought to light. Yeah. He's, his attitude has been questionable for pretty much all of his career. It's just another bad piece on a already badly structured team. They're, they're in a really bad spot right now, dude.
0: Yeah. Last year, you know, their offense was okay um, 10th in points per game and field goal percentage, but then sitting at 26th and three point percentage. And that's because the only guys sh- shooting well from deep are Bobby Portis at 40%. Tataransky is very efficient, nearly 40, 33 for Thomas Bryant. And of course, Bradley Beal sinking 35. Besides that, they're pretty terrible. I mean, and even that Thomas Bryant shouldn't really be considered in that list. They pass the ball. Okay. And they get steals, and that's their only positive defensive stat, is that they force turnovers, but that's just because they're just risking shit, going for these Hail Mary steals that if you miss, it's a wide-open layup. They give up second-most points per game, third-field-goal percentage, fourth-and-three-point percentage, third-most rebounds and assists per game. This team is terrible on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, and part of that is because Dwight Howard was missing as well. I mean, your rebounds, you're not going to be 27th in the league when Dwight Howard's playing. That's the one thing he brings for
0: you. Yeah, it was so fucking agitating to see them play Bobby Portis at center. Like, that guy's not big enough to do that. And Thomas Bryant's all only offensive.
1: Yeah, he's got no defensive at all. I mean, look, I'm looking at some players on this team now And the way it's structured in a minute with people like Parker. But you've got Parker, you've got Decker. Decker, sorry. Players like this that are just not suited to this type of play. The roster was, like you say, it was constructed in a win-now scenario. John Wall went down. Part of me feels he came back too early, and that's why. Um, it may not be, but at the moment, dude, they're looking down the barrel of the gun, and they're basically in tank mode without meaning to be in tank mode.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't even think there's really much to talk about from last year. I think that sadaransky played nice once he got his opportunity starting without Wall there. It really did well for him. His percentages were nice. Bradley Beal played the most minutes per game in the entire league and still played all 82 games and then scored 25 and a half points per game. That's 13th in the NBA. He was an absolute beast. Jeff Green, the question is, that. go
1: ahead. Is is trading Beal the only way that you can begin to restructure this roster? Is it one of those addition by subtraction style um sort of trades that needs to
0: happen? I think so, but I think we should look at the other players real quick before we dive into that. That's fine. Let's do that then. And there's not many people that are going to stick around from last year, but even guys that aren't, I mean, Jeff Green played a decent year. Um, I thought that he was kind of one of the better defenders on this team, which doesn't really say a lot because Jeff Green's not a great defender by himself. Bobby Portis played great in the time that he spent here. He had a crazy stretch of when he first got here, just going off. um, A good amount of rebounding, three-point percentage. After that, I mean, who else stands out to you?
1: I can never pronounce this guy's name, Saturansky.
0: (laughs) Saturansky.
1: Yeah, he played well. I don't think he was a terrible player. 81% from the line, just shy of 40% from his three points, but he was only attempting, what, two a game?
0: Yeah.
1: See, I want to see more. If you're hitting at a 40% clip, you should be getting the rock in your hands a little bit more. We might see his percentages drop a little, but he's definitely a sharp shooter, dude. Um, Who else have we got here? Thomas Bryant was actually quite a good guy. Rookie scale contract, gave 72 games, averaged 10.5 a a game. He was solid, dude.
0: Yeah, I I thought that he did a good job. It's just that, I mean, we saw it on the film so much. So many teams were just putting him in a pick and roll, and he tries to play that drop coverage and just can't move his feet fast enough. He doesn't backpedal. He doesn't get down low. He... We were talking and it was like, you know, if my team is going against Washington, I'm putting him in a pick and roll every single time and they're screwed.
1: Yeah, every time. We saw that happen on the game as well, on the game film. Yeah. He, he just can't handle it, dude. But that's something that he can work on this summer. And if he can plug that hole, then he'd all of a sudden becomes a solid role player on that team.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I think that he's interesting. He's one of their restricted free agents. It's Portis, Bryant, and Saturansky, and it's looking like they're going to keep two of the three. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Trevor Reza actually really disappointed me in the tapes that we watched. I think that I was expecting really nice defense, but that's not there. Like maybe it was just a lack of effort, but he it, that's really what it looked like. He just wasn't getting down. He wasn't hustling. Maybe he didn't care for this Washington team, and you can't really blame him, I guess. But he wasn't the veteran that you expect. I'm curious what this does for his contract next year because he's someone that you would expect to get probably overpaid a little bit, um, and he only shoots threes, which I guess is playing with D'Antoni and just kind of what Ariza is. I really liked Troy Brown Jr. I think his percentages were not good. Um, 41% from the field, thirty-nine, thirty-one 31% from deep, only 68% from the free throw line. Their assists weren't there. I mean, one and a half, he's not even getting 15 minutes a game quite though, but I was really impressed with his defense and maybe it's just because everyone else around him isn't trying on the defensive end at all, but this guy's only 19 years old. I think that he's at least a decent piece they're moving forward with trying to look optimistic in some way.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was putting up what 14 points per game, and he was pulling down just shy of three boards as well. So it's not like he was a negative factor on the offensive end. It was just, yeah, he wasn't getting the efficiency that you'd require. But at 19, it's a learning curve. He's yeah. been thrown into a situation where the teams he came, he must have came along, and they've been thrown into this bad situation, which is perfect when you're a rookie because that's where your minutes start increasing. Exactly uh, I don't what think is. he's terrible, dude.
0: Me either. I think that he uh, just isn't able to run the pick and roll very well or run an offense well. And I think that that's just part of being, like you said, a rookie. He's a 19-year-old. I believe he was only a second-round pick. So it's not like this guy has crazy expectations on him or anything like that. But I liked his defense, and that's something that this team really fucking needs. Like, they cannot Badly. do Badly. Yeah. Beal, I think is a decent defender, but like we said, he played 82 games in the most minutes per game in the league, almost 37 at night. You can't expect him to be getting low and hustling his ass off on the defensive end with the offensive load that he had to carry.
1: I mean, the coach's instructions are probably trying to hide him from that because if he starts getting banged up as well. Yeah. And now he's missing some games, you're in, you're in a proper bad spot, dude. Wall and Beal both down on this team and all of a sudden. You don't know where your next win's coming from.
0: Yeah. So then, I guess looking at their free agents, um, or we could start with their draft pick, maybe. Um, Let's go with the draft pick, with the draft. Yeah, so they really got bad luck here. I mean, I was looking at this team before the lottery happened, and all I could think of is, okay, the only path this team has to improve is getting a nice rookie, I guess, and then just working with that but they fell to the ninth spot, which they had a better chance of jumping to one than falling to nine. But that happened. They have their own first through 2024, but they also don't have a second rounder until 2024. Um Yeah, this ninth pick, this is where I struggled of, do you even feel like if you're saying what the weaknesses are of this team, it's everything. Like, is there anything that you don't draft? Like say that, you really like a shooting guard, and do you not pick that because you have Bradley Beal? Like, I think they're just probably taking best player available, right?
1: That's the strategy. They've got no choice but to go with that strategy, dude. You have Bradley Beal now. Are you going to have him by the trade deadline? Yep. Who knows? You need, you need help at every position available, so whatever the best player is on that board should be the guy that you're taking.
0: Agreed. And I think that there's going to kind of be a pool of guys that there might not even be a best one. And I kind of feel like getting a defensive identity would do a lot that you're not going to get a great guy here that I've really liked someone like Jackson Hayes as a center out of Texas that's been a really nice rim protector, but he doesn't offer much on offense. I just kind of like getting a defensive guy to be the anchor of your team because that is a piece that everyone needs. But maybe they go for a scorer, a scorer. Maybe Cam Reddish is still there. I really don't know. I mean, this team is. Look, if
1: Cam Reddish is there, then you take Cam Reddish. Uh, I think if he's so. not on the board, like I'm, I'm quite high on Reddish, dude. I've, I know a lot of people are saying he's not going to translate well to the NBA. I disagree. I'm expecting him to be a solid player. I'm not saying he's going to be an all star.
0: Yeah.
1: But- you know, 6th, 7th man later in his career is not really a stretch for him. But oh, yeah. If you look at rebuilding teams recently, teams like Boston, teams like LA Clippers, <laughs> they all... Yeah, I covered the Clippers, by the way, but they <laughs> <laughs> They all start with defense, dude. You get that defensive identity and then you start picking up players and pe- slotting pieces in for your offense If you're restricting points, then it makes it much easier to win. It's common sense.
0: Reddish has really interested me with his defense. I didn't realize how long he is, and he has a really high defense potential.
1: I'm really high on Reddish, dude. I'll be shocked if he falls any lower than 10th.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot of things saying the Cavs at 5, but who knows? The other guy I like for Washington is Bulbul, because I think that he has top 3 talent in this draft, but he has injury concerns. And I think that Washington isn't doing anything next year. If you need to, you could redshirt them even for a year, tank one more season, because, I mean, you're not doing anything this team next year anyways. They're going to need a couple more draft picks to get out of this.
1: Yeah, and they're going to need to be really creative in the free agency market this summer.
0: Yeah, because... Players aren't going to want to come, dude. No, so the guys that are out are... Uh we'll go with the unrestricted free agents. Sam Decker, you can open the door for him. Trevor Ariza, Jabari Parker, are uh is a nice piece. I despise Parker. I think that his defense is one of the worst things I've ever seen. But he has really nice offense. I will say that. Um Jeff Green is gone. Wesley Johnson is gone. And you don't really have money to ring any of these guys back, and you shouldn't be interested. Unless it's maybe Jeff Green, I think that's okay. If you can get him on the same type of contract, last year he was only $2.3 million. He's from Washington. I think that Jeff Green would be fine. But your restricted free agents, Bobby Portis, Thomas Saturansky, and Thomas Bryant. The reports uh, are just words that I've seen, and this is from Fred Katz, the athletic cover for the Washington Wizards, was saying that he thinks that they are likely to bring Saturansky and Bryant back and not Portis. And I think that was surprising to both of us.
1: Well, the thing is, we've so these guys are on the restricted market, right? Yeah. So you don't know what's going to get offered to them during the off season, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's been kind of interesting to me on Portis. What these guys would get.
1: Yeah, and.
0: Portis could Don't forget, some teams like with
1: money start playing mind games here, dude, so they'll start upping offers just to see how far Washington are willing to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you end up with these terrible contracts.
0: That's how Washington had to sign Otto Porter Jr., because the Nets offered him a max.
1: Yeah, and this is what happens, because if you believe he's going to fit well, if somebody out there, if a team out there with cap space knows they're not going to bring in any huge name free agent, but then look at Bobby Portis... And be like, Do you know what? In two years down the line, this guy is going to be exactly what we need him to be. Our system's made for his style of play. Let's go and offer him a huge contract. Now, Washington are already screwed cap wise. So if they if they match, they're fucked. If they say no and Portis leaves, then it's the other team's problem. Nine times out of ten, a team wants to kind of match just because they've spent the time and money developing this guy.
0: Yeah, and they're only looking at. million in cap space. That's with John Wall's Supermax kicking in Bradley Beals last year of his contract. Ian Mahimi still having 15 million. The Dwight Howard and Troy Brown contracts. They only have six real rotation guys and John Wall's not going to be available. Five rotation guys locked in and only 16 million to work with. Um, It's going to be hard. These restricted guys are all bird rights, at least. But, I mean, the market for Thomas Bryant, I think that they're going to keep him because they're really proud of finding him late in the draft. They think that he's a nice piece. I hope they don't get too caught up in that, though, because his defense was terrible, like terrible. It seemed like you cannot play him. He doesn't hit the free throw. So, I don't know. I think that they could get him back for... I mean, how
1: many other guys are going to come in off a Saturansky deal, dude? Everybody wants spacing.
0: That one's nice. I I think that he could be interesting. I think the Kings would be interested. I think that obviously teams like the Magic, uh, the Suns, the Bulls, teams that are going to get these younger rookies also having a nicer backup. And Saturansky's only 26. It's not like he's slow in any way. He's efficient. I think that he could be a really nice backup point guard. But what's the money for a backup point guard? Like ten million, absolutely max.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. But you, so that'd be like what you saying? Ten million per year?
0: Yeah. Which even now, when you've only got sixteen million
1: for the in cap room, are you giving up ten? Unless you're structuring it so it increases in two and years two, two and three.
0: And this is, I mean, that's an overpay. But some team, like you said, could come in and just know that Washington can't offer that.
1: Yeah, and if you're going to offer him 8 million a year and you want him, you really believe he's going to make the difference on your second unit, 2 million a year isn't going to really turn you away. No. You know, yeah. I, but Washington can't match can't match 10 million a year because now you've got 6 million and you've still got to fill out an entire roster.
0: Yeah. I could see something maybe like a 3-year 25 million, something like that. Um but that yeah. That might
1: even still be too much for Washington.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, but they do have the bird rights, so they can go over with these guys. But after this, I mean, what else are they filling out their, their roster with? Like, I it's feel like good, they yeah. have to trade second rounders for cash. It, it really blows that they don't have another second rounder. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be so difficult. Because they don't have trade roster. pieces.
1: Did. Other no. than Beal, they have no trade pieces. This
0: is why I think that they need to shop Beal. Because they don't have anything. And that you could get multiple assets and get you moving in the right direction faster.
1: See, part of me thinks as well that they're looking over at a team like Portland, who have stuck with Lillard and McCollum. And they've been through the bad. They've been through the mediocre and then this year it came good, you know. And now part of me thinks that Washington might be looking over at Portland and saying, this is where we're going to be once every, we've our bad luck. The difference is Lillard hasn't had the injury history of war. Yeah. And you have no idea what type of players coming back after this injury.
0: Yeah. That's the real issue. I mean, And you're going to spend an entire year not having him there. That's another wasted year of Bradley Beal, who's only 26. I mean, we've talked about that a few times, and that's just crazy that he is still that young. But it's just, it's a rough spot. I mean, this is why I think that you need to get rid of Beal and get multiple pieces back and hopefully a pick. I mean, I dug down and looked at what previous superstar trades have been, and... Just to go through a couple of them: Paul George for Victor Oladipo in the 11th pick, which turned into some bonus. There is Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Zizic in the eighth. So that's an established player, a role a role player, and then a lottery pick. James Harden, which is a very similar situation as Bradley Beal. It would be if they didn't want to pay this max contract for only Jeremy Lamb. And a 2013 and 14 first and second round picks, which is a lot of picks there. Uh, Blake Griffin for Tobias Harris, Boban, a first and a second. And then there's a couple uh sort of outliers, but the normal package seems to be a young, nice player and then a lottery pick. And teams that don't have lottery picks end up usually sh- throwing two firsts in there. So, looking at some teams that might be interested in that Bradley Beal swap. Clippers. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> talked about this. And what did we say yeah, the package at is?
1: At length. So, yeah, the package that we discussed was going to be something like Landry Shammett, uh Robinson, a second round pick this year, and then a future first round pick. Yeah. Now, that gives you spacing with Shamet, who's guaranteed to be an elite three-point shooter for the, at least the next six to ten years. I say guaranteed it's a bit of a homer take. You've got Robinson that can that showed in the playoffs that he's got defensive potential. His offensive game needs a lot of work, but he can definitely come off the bench and help provide that identity to your second unit. Yeah,
0: And Another then you've got MPs. a second round pick. Pardon? Another young piece to kind of grow with.
1: Yep, another young piece. And then you've got two picks. A second round this year, which gets you cost-controlled. You know, you could look for a point guard in there to cost-controlled. And then you've got a a future first. I do not see the Clippers giving up the Miami pick, though. However, for Beal, it's a possibility. That Miami pick is 2021, and it's looking quite valuable at the moment.
0: I could see it taking... I believe that the Clippers have the Philly first this year or no next year. So I could see Uh you taking two firsts, but say like the Philly first and your own as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd be down to even throwing a second this year and two first Bradley bill going to the Clippers along with their, you know, that's, that's one you take his contract into account. They still have enough room. If they move Gallo, to go after Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, KD. So they've still got the ability to pair Beal up with another star, plus they've got SGA. So I think that's a really good deal for the Wizards as well, but they need to find somebody that's going to run the point, dude, for at least this year.
0: Yeah, and I think that it could be Sadoransky. Um, like you said, teams that are going to trade for Beal are in more win-nail mode, and another trade I skipped out on was the Jimmy Butler trade, and that was for Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. And then they did a pick swap of the 7th pick went to Chicago and the 16th pick went to Minnesota. 7th pick became Laurie marketing So again, a young piece, a guy that someone had already given up on pretty much in Chris Dunn and a lottery pick. What was interesting for me was looking at the Lakers here. Do Washington or do the Lakers offer Brandon Ingram and then a swap with the 4th and ninth pick? I think that that probably would be a good trade for both sides. I really like that one. I just don't know if the Lakers, how high they are on Brandon Ingram. I know that fans are psycho, and I can't stand Laker fans. They swear Brandon Ingram's (laughs) the next coming of Kevin Durant, which isn't happening. But maybe the front office would be okay with that. I mean, If you're getting another superstar in free agency, and then you also trade for Bradley Beal, I think that... That around LeBron, that makes sense.
1: I feel like they're going. you've got more chance of getting Lonzo than you have Ingram.
0: That was my other one I had, was Lonzo and the fourth. But I don't think that means a pick swap. I think that they're not getting back the ninth pick, that it's just Lonzo and the fourth for Bradley Beal.
1: I feel like that would actually benefit this team more the, in Washington's favor. You've got <laughs> Lonzo. To me, I think Lonzo's very happy. Me and his dad done that for him. Um, we will come to the Lakers eventually on this podcast. But I feel like Lonzo's intangibles, his defence, his playmaking ability. Add him to this team and then, you know, fill him around with some solid shooters and a couple of slashers. And your offense is, is set, dude. You don't you can let Wall take eighteen months if he needs to to get his body right, you know?
0: That would be a nice pick to move forward with. I feel like Lonzo gives you sort of an identity.
1: Yeah, Lonzo is a very, 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 very underrated player in this league, and that's just because of the hype that he came into the league with. But whether or not he'd be willing to go there, especially knowing that he soon as Walls better and back to full health, where do you fit Lonzo then? Yeah. I mean... They can't play together. Their games are too... They're they're all dominant,
0: yeah. Yeah, dude. I just don't think that you even worry about Wall anymore, to be honest. You just kind of get the best back that you can because you don't know what John Wall is going to become. If he comes back and can spend... So if all of next year dries out, then he still has three years left for almost $40 each year. I mean... Could you maybe dump that to a team Like if he's healthy for a little while? I think so, if you're in this rebuilding phase. I don't think that you're considering John Wall that much when it comes to these new building pieces.
1: I think Lonzo's a really, really good trade option, whether yeah. or not Lakers bite, because then they have to go out and find a new point guard themselves. I don't see Kuzma going anywhere. I think Kuzma out the free of Ingram, Kuzma, and Lonzo, I think Kuzma's the guy you're going to struggle to get them to part ways with.
0: Exactly, I agree. And then, just uh hypothetically look at a couple others, there's the Boston Celtics always have a lot of draft picks. You could offer Jalen Brown in the 14th plus the 22nd pick. I don't know if that's better than Lonzo in the 4th. I don't think that it's... It depends who you like better. It's not far off, dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the
1: thing is, Jalen Brown gives you instant defense, instant athleticism.
0: I'm so uh, high on Jalen Brown. He's also my favorite dude, player I in said the this, NBA, but I, I, I said legitimately think yesterday. he's Jimmy Butler.
1: Yeah, dude, I said this to someone yesterday. Brown has been underused this year, especially due to the pieces that were available to Boston. His minutes were down. His His usage rate was down. But he still put up numbers, dude. He had that bad start to the year. We all saw it. He took took a lot of criticism. But then he pulled it back, dude. He's a consummate professional, high IQ guy, high basketball IQ guy. It just depends what Washington favors, dude. It's literally a coin flip at that
0: point. I wonder how much the pick makes a difference also being 14th and 22nd. But you could use more picks rather than just a higher one also. Maybe it does take the 14th, the 20th, and the 22nd. And that's not bad for Boston either, to have to give up all those. Bradley Beal is an exceptional guy for how young he is. If you were also, say, swapping, maybe you're not including the AD, but then you still have Kyrie Irving is the same age as Bradley Beal. You would have Jason Tatum still, Marcus Smart, who's about the same age as well. I mean, it fits the time frame. Another, another package I have is the Knicks and in this depend how they feel about the three pick, but this looks very similar to what I feel like the Jimmy trade looked for Jimmy. It was Chris Dunn, a guy that people had given up on and a nice promising piece in Zach Levine. So I put Frank Nelikina player given up on night, but still potential young guy. And then Kevin Knox, who had a disappointing rookie year for a swap of the third pick with Washington's ninth pick. And I feel like this is really nice for both teams. It just depends on how the Knicks feel about R.J. Barrett.
1: I don't see them passing up on R.J. Barrett, to be honest. But Bradley Bill's a sure hit, dude. You, you know what you're getting with. This is the thing people have to remember with the draft. You don't know if that player's going to be a bust or not until six to nine months down
0: the line, minimum. Usually, what I say is, you hope that RJ Barrett becomes the level of talent that Bradley Beal is, you know? But is it, how likely is that to happen? Exactly. And the other part of it is that he could be a lot better.
1: Like, there's a chance,
0: but there's a chance, you know, and that's why people hold on to these young guys.
1: No, I'm not arguing there, dude. I'm not arguing. I just feel like for every Bradley Beal, you have a Markel fault. This is true. You know, and I know they weren't picked, both picked first. Well, Bill wasn't a first rank, a first pick. He was a third. There we go. But it's the similar aspect, you know? For every high pick you have that turns into a superstar, you have another that just completely and utterly washes, dude.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, you're, like you said, you're getting a surefire thing. And I feel like if the Knicks are also getting big name free agents in the offseason like they think they are. I mean, if you have Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, plus you're still able to fill in maybe even another Max guy, I mean, that team's no joke.
1: No, the Knicks are positioned to have a really good summer. Bradley Beal, wherever he goes, will help change that landscape of that conference. Yeah. Because the teams that go for him are going to be teams that are going to be pairing him with another superstar.
0: He's getting slept on the most in this offseason. I think he's one of the biggest storylines.
1: Oh for sure, dude. He look, the Washington Wizards franchise rests while well, their immediate future rests on what they choose to do with Beal. And what Beal chooses to do too. He could he could demand out, dude.
0: And who the hell is even making these decisions? Like you need to get a goddamn general manager.
1: And fast we're moving into that time of the year when decisions need to be made you should have a scouting network out there you should already have a game plan knowing who you're going to target
0: exactly and teams are going to realize okay this general manager i'm talking to has only been here for a week like what the hell is going on and they just don't have a good culture there i've heard i read stories of even when arenas was there i mean ernie grunfield's been there for 15 years the guy that just got fired when arenas was there coaches would tell him whatever when he was misbehaving that he's going to get fined and he would go talk to Ernie Grunfield and the fine would just never happen. That players would never actually get punished for showing up late to practice or anything like this. There was no culture in place. And this next guy needs to come in and get that started. Because if you let these millionaires just not hustle, I mean, some guys are going to do that. Not everybody has that built in. You have to have that culture and identity and someone that's going to hold these guys accountable.
1: Now, I feel like at the moment with the way they're structured in the front office as well, there's, like you say, there's no accountability and there's no appeal to play for this team. What you're going to find is the people they signed this year, they're going to be because they weren't getting offers elsewhere.
0: Yeah. They also have no it, money.
1: Yeah. This is it, dude. It's going to be minimum contract guys that are struggling and just clasping onto any way to stay in the league. You know, and that's good in a way because that means the guys you bring in are hungry. They're playing for a new contract next year when teams have money again. Isaiah Thomas is actually a possibility for this team, dude.
0: That's an interesting idea. I don't don't hate
1: that. I feel like Thomas has been looking for a spot where he's going to have to be the number one option again, you know?
0: Yeah, I could see that. Maybe they let him try that for a year. Um, Other teams that I feel like could be interested, I feel like the Magic could be a sleeper. I don't know if they'd be willing to throw Jonathan Isaac in a first, maybe, because they definitely need the offense. Isaac's a nice piece on both ends. Then other teams I threw in here that are less realistic because I feel like they have their timeline of moving forward with all their young guys, so it wouldn't make sense to go for a win now type guy in Beal, but the Sacramento Kings... Buddy Heald, Harry Giles in a 2021st, that's a really nice package back. Uh Giles has nice upside. Heald is the same age as Bradley Beal, though. So that's kind of a weird package in that regard. But then the Denver Nuggets, maybe Jamal Murray in a 2021st 20, 20 is a piece that they like. But I think that the Nuggets have that young roster moving forward and they like Murray. So it doesn't make much sense for them. I I like Jamal
1: Murray as well, dude. I don't see them moving.
0: No, me either. And the other guy I threw in there was like Michael Porter Jr. maybe in two firsts, but Michael Porter Jr. is kind of a stretch, but maybe Denver could pull that off. I don't know. I'm just, it's interesting. I mean, there's not many teams that shooting guard is a very well-populated position for really good players. I mean, there's only a certain amount of teams that are going to need this interest. The Thunder actually would be a great spot for Beal. They could really use him, but they don't have the assets for it. I wouldn't want to
1: see him playing with Westbrook as well, dude. I'm so low on Westbrook due to his attitude and the way he plays. Um, I wouldn't want to see Beal subjected to that. I'd feel sorry for him.
0: Yeah, I get that. I mean, yeah, so that's just really what feels like the storyline of this team. And then obviously they have... Looking for that new GM, but the Wizards are just fucked, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's no they are fucked.
1: Like, probably one of the most fucked teams in the league right now.
0: I really think they could be the worst. Like, I looked at Cleveland. Cleveland is about to have six expiring contracts this year. They're going to have 80 million plus in cap space next year. I mean, these other teams are fine. The Knicks have the cap space. The the Bulls have young pieces. The Heat are in a pretty bad spot. I'll say that one. And besides that, I mean, the Suns have nice pieces. The Mavs have nice pieces. The Pelicans just got Zion. The Grizzlies are going to get John Morant. None of these... Everybody else is fine. Like, there's a path to improvement. The Hornets aren't great, I'll say. But...
1: Yeah, but they're notoriously bad.
0: Yeah. It's I not mean, like... It like they're always Hornets, The bad. Heat and the Wizards are the three teams that all finished within two games of each other this season, actually seven games because Washington just was garbage compared to those other two, but they're all stuck contract wise and they don't have nice draft picks, but Washington's easily the worst out of this. I mean, it's going to take years and you just can't try to rush this to me. Are you in favor of trading Beal for the sake of Washington?
1: Yeah, I think there's no other option. Really? If you want to start rebuilding, Team now and becoming relevant again sooner rather than later. Bill has to go. So addition by subtraction, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and hopefully you can get multiple things back. Like I'm not looking to do a pick swap. If I have to, it gets me a nice guy, then sure. But I'm trying to get multiple picks and a nice young piece from this because we need to fill out our roster. And I get what you're saying with this duo being the same as uh, Portland with Lillard and McCollum. I think that's a really good comparison. But like you said, there's the wall health that I think just completely screws that. It's not like, yeah, this I mean, is the before the thing.
1: wall injury, I could understand that, like, especially looking retrospect now because of the way Portland played this year and they have stuck with Lillard and McCollum. I mean, two years ago, people were saying maybe Dame should move or McCollum should move. But they stuck with it and it worked. And sometimes I feel like one of the reasons some of these teams never achieve their ceiling is because the supporting cash changes every year, you know?
0: Yeah. And these guys really,
1: yeah, these guys stuck it out familiarity. They knew where each other's spots were. And that happens from multiple years together. So I get that from Washington's perspective, but this shit's fucked, dude. There's nothing you can do to fix this. The only way you can fix this now is to blow it up. Burn it with fire, dude.
0: So, aside from the draft pick and whatever they hopefully get back in a Beal trade, because I'm on board with you, these three unrestricted free agents, I mean, who do you... I guess we can take sort of estimates on what we think these contracts are. I think that we said Saturansky, I think anywhere between 5 and 10 maybe like $8 million on three years, I could see. Do you think that sounds about right? Yes, yeah,
1: sounds fair to me, to be honest.
0: And then Thomas Bryant, um he'll be lucky to get five a year, dude. I wonder if a team gives him like a four year a little bit more just for the potential of him,
1: so what like a so a twenty eight million four year deal,
0: yeah, something like that, like a four year thirty or something but and then yeah, like I mean it's
1: a possibility, but are you willing to lock yourself in for years?
0: Yeah, I mean, what if you're someone like the Grizzlies that really has no center there? Um, the Grizzlies
1: know. that should be a really good landing spot for him. Actually, they've got a fantastic Jackson coach,
0: the defense that Bryant doesn't have. I think that could be okay, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not ten million a year. I think that we could. I think that you're probably accurate within that five to like maybe eight million range. If it's a little longer.
1: And then the question falls to Bobby Portis, dude. This is a difficult one. I'd say three to four years at 10 to 15 million a year, maybe.
0: Yeah. And I think that 15 is a little high.
1: This is what I'm saying, though. It's just if they really are exactly. high on Portis.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be some team that just is able to spend the money. That they're like, okay, this guy's still only 23 years old, shot 40% from deep, looked really nice offensively at times, but. I mean, Washington's playing him as a five. He's clearly a four. The defense isn't great. The screen setting's not great, but he can score. And- Do you know who I
1: think he'd work really well on? I'm not. Sure. I haven't researched them yet because they're not up next on the podcast. Um, but it'd be the Suns, dude. Him next to DeAndre Ayton and having De- 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 Devin Booker. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a really solid young call.
0: That is a nice one.
1: That'd be oh, really, yeah. really nice moving forward. I'd feel re- if I was the Suns and I could pull off a signing of Bobby Portis and pair him with Aiton and Booker, and then go and find like a Rosier to run the run the offense. Yeah. I'd feel really confident moving into the f- next two to three years.
0: Yeah, another one that's interesting to me is the Mavericks. Maybe you could put him next to borzengis That'd be an interesting four or five. They're young. I think the Timberwolves could be interesting. Uh, no, depending the how they feel about Saric yeah um, I think that there's going to be teams that will be interested that will strike out in other places that I think could come around to him I mean maybe the Cavaliers I, I really could actually picture him in a Cavs jersey and the Cavs taking a risk on him that wouldn't surprise me but maybe it's like this three year 36 million dollars something like that hmm I could see him getting a four-year deal. Me too. Because of his age, I I can't see it
1: being... a. There's a possibility it's a three-year deal. But a four-year deal sounds more correct when I think of Bobby Portis. Yeah. And like you said, there's going to be multiple teams in the market for a guy like him that strike out elsewhere.
0: So then what would be your guesses on who they bring back?
1: I feel like they'd try their hardest to bring back Portis um but the most likely option is Sataransky.
0: yeah and i think bryant, bryant gets let
1: walk i think they'll let him leave
0: really i think that they're i've seen things that like the management's really attached to bryant because they found him i believe in the second round and they feel like he's he's like their diamond in the rough which is obviously it's possible, dude, but he's not that great
1: you've already got well it just depends dude it depends what who else they bring in this is are you really going to go over your, you know, your cap for Thomas Bryant? Like if it comes down to it and you can, you're going over your, and you don't want to be ridiculously far into this. And does offer sheets on the table for Portis and Bryant? Are you really going to match both or are you going to let Portis walk over Bryant?
0: Yeah, it's, I think that you're right. I think that there's a good chance that Portis is out of here. And I think that Sataransky and Bryant will stick around with those bird rights too.
1: Yeah, I just feel like you know teams are going to be putting putting Washington in bad situations contract wise now, just because they know that they can kind of manipulate to their advantage.
0: I would agree. Yeah, I think that some teams are really just going to know that they can screw these guys over. That hey, if we overpay a little bit, we're a lock to get them pretty much. I mean, yeah, I think that's about everything for Washington. This team is screwed. They're going to take... How many years until this team is possibly a championship contender, you think?
1: A championship contender, dude, five, six, yeah. minimum. Yeah. And that's with great moves from the front office from it's now. Take
0: at least three years to get your core together.
1: Yeah, and you need to find how to dump that John Wall contract I mean, what about Ian Mahimi? Let me.
0: He's got. He's expiring after this year.
1: I want to look at the statistics. Bear with me.
0: And the Wall one. I mean, maybe if you don't get a point guard when Wall comes back, if you have other nice pieces, that that could be okay. But he's just not going to be on your timeline anymore. He's twenty nine.
1: Mahimi as well. I don't think you keep Mahimi around when his contract expires.
0: No, after next season.
1: Bad piece, not going to fit the time. I just don't feel like he's. No, you let him walk. You use that cap room elsewhere.
0: I think that you could, if Dwight comes back and plays the beginning of the year, I think that you could trade Dwight Howard as an expiring contract to a team.
1: Yeah, and just try and get what get pack like a, a, a couple back. of picks.
0: Yeah, if you can get yeah. two seconds or maybe some young guy and a second round pick or something. Some sort of assets, because you have nothing. I mean, you don't have second-round picks till 2024. Holy shit.
1: And Mahimi's expiring this year, too.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah, so he has one more season left.
1: Yeah, so there's another expiring contract that can get put on the table.
0: Exactly. And that's a bigger one, but maybe there's something there. Maybe if they're willing to give up that contract and take back an even worse, say, two-year big contract. That they can also get an asset in that, but they don't even have the cap space to take on more money.
1: No, this is the problem, dude. They're fucked. <laughs> they <It's> gonna <laughs>
0: really are. They need to trade Beal and then end up okay with this guy at ninth.
1: Yeah. And... They just
0: have to get more pieces instead of only having Bradley Beal on this team again for next year and the year after.
1: Because you're putting the minutes on Beal's buddy, dude. Eventually, his body's going to break down.
0: And you're also just stuck in this middle range. Beal is a good enough player that he's gonna get you at least thirty wins. You know, thirty near yeah, I mean he's gonna keep you mediocre. Which There's nowhere worse to be than mediocrity. Being in that like ten to seven range is the worst range you can be in.
1: I think there's no other option, dude. Move Howard, move Beal, burn it down, and then do the best you can to rebuild. First things first, we we'll, the next podcast we release on the Wizards will be next week. You'd hope they'd have a GM either oh, in place please. or, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think one other thing we can start doing is we should just start rating the teams in regards to, hmm, maybe we can do it next year and just general future direction of the team. And I think instead of just placing like Washington 30 nail. We'll just say this is the only team on the list, and then when we add a new one, we'll say are they higher or lower than Washington, and just keep adding to the list. Yeah, I'm down with that. Okay. Um, I think that that might be it for Washington, man.
1: Do we need to come back next week and let these people know about the future? I feel like there's no more to speak on on Washington, dude. <sighs> yeah,
0: there might not be. I think that we can. That okay, so, probably so can some of words, out. Yeah.
1: To summarize, Washington are fucked. They're gonna stay fucked until they move Beale. They're still gonna be fucked unless they get a decent GM. And even then they're gonna be fucked for at least two to three years. That's the be all and end all of Washington right now.
0: Yeah, and then just keep an eye on Bobby Portis, Saturansky, Thomas Bryant, those are the free agents uh that are restricted. And Beal should be out of there. I mean, just look for someone to be shopping for Beale. A lot of teams. Um yeah, I think that that is going to do it. Who is your favorite player on this Washington team? Bradley bill Has to be. It's, it's the, the only, only player right worth watching,
1: dude. Yeah. I it's... watched Washington get blown out when they still had fucking John Wall playing, dude. Yeah. Like, John Wall would have gave them, what, an extra 20, maybe 25 wins a season?
0: Yeah, I mean... That might be a little high, but they would have been a playoff team for sure.
1: Yeah, with Bill and John Wall, I'm saying like, but they were never championship material. They were never conference finals material. This team would have got eight alive against Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Toronto.
0: And they went and traded their good pieces, these young pieces that should have gotten you assets back of Kelly Oubre for Trevor Reza. An expiring contract that's a win-nail player. You needed to get some sort of piece back there. So you lost Caliubre for nothing. You traded Otto Porter for Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Jabari Parker is hot garbage. He is gone. And Bobby, Partis, Bobby Portis is at least restricted. You have bird rights to him. But you're probably not going to be able to afford him. You got rid of Otto Porter for nothing. You lost. This is terribly run. Like... Like you said, I mean... Can I ask you
1: one more question before we end this podcast? Yeah. Do you see Jabari Parker landing on another NBA roster?
0: I do, because I think that his offense is nice and that there might be teams that could use him as a bench player. I honestly think that there could be a spot for him as a seventh guy, something like that. But nowhere near
1: the contract he's just coming off.
0: No that was absolutely ridiculous it feels like Chicago just said hey we'll give you a little bit of money to come home we're not doing anything with it this this year anyways there's no way it's that much It's I, I hope he gets a terrible contract give me like 2 years 15 million dollars or something like this
1: yeah I'm down I don't like him very much either I
0: so guys you've like- been listening to
1: Eurostep man I mean you guys are lucky because this was awesome <laughs>
0: Yeah, and then we'll have this back again next week. And we're just going to keep going through this offseason. I think that maybe we'll start live streaming a little bit of film. You can interact with myself and Adam on Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter at, man?
1: At ClipmanAdam. Clippers in Clippers. ClipmanAdam
0: mine is at Brendan Nunez NBA you can interact with us there and let us know what you think this episode, but we're going to be breaking this, uh, all of the NBA down throughout this entire off season and we're still going to play with this. We'll add and take some things out and things like that. But thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Eurostep NBA podcast. we will hear from us again next week. Peace.